1: Bambi by Felix Soltan Chapter Nine The leaves were falling from the big oak at the edge of the meadow. They were falling from all the trees. One of the branches of the oak was much higher up than the others. It stretched a long way out over the meadow. At its tips there were sat two leaves together. These aren't like they used to be, said one of the leaves. They ain't, said the other, the other answered. Yeah, well, there were so many of us last night who we were just about the only ones left here on this branch. You never know who's going to Atman to, to next, to the first. Even when it was wise and warm as sunshine gave you some heat, you get a storm or cloud sometimes, and lots of us get torn off them then. Even them we was still young You never know What's going to ha- happen to next You don't You don't Get much sunshine these days The second leaf side Even when the sun does shine There's no strength to it And you've got to get your strength From from somewhere else Do you think it's true Pondered the first Is it true that other leaves Will come along And take your place once we've gone And then another lot And then another lot of course, it's true, whispered the second, only we can't work out how it's above that we can't under, that we can understand. that's it. It makes you really sad and all. The first added, he remained silent for a while. then the first said quietly to himself, "What do you have to go away for anyway? The second answered, "What happens to us after We've fallen. We sink down, and that what is it? What's down there? The first answered. I don't know. Some say one thing, others say something different. Nobody knows really. The second answered, Do you think you really feel anything? Do you think you know anything about yourself when you're down there? The first answered, Who can say none of them have gone down there has ever come back to tell us? They were again silent for a while. The firstly said tenderly to the other, Don't get yourself all upset about it here. You're shivering look. Oh, don't bother about that. The second answered. Anything makes me shiver these days. You can't just don't feel properly attached to where you are, do you? You better stop talking about things like that. Said the first leaf. Yeah, we better leave it. The other replied. Only, what are we going to talk about that now? Then they became silent. After a short time, resumed its subject. Do you think? Who do you think is going to be the first of us to go down there then? It won't be for bold yet, the first assured him. Let's, let's just think about how beautiful it used to be, how wonderful, br- beautiful. When the sun came out and burned us so hot it seemed we'd just swell up. With all the good health it gave us, remember? And then there was a drew. Early in the morning and lime trees, wonderful lights. The nights are horrible now. Well, why in a second? We never seem to come to an end. We can't complain, said the first leaf gently. We live together. We live longer than so many others. Have I changed much? The second leaf asked, shyly but emphatically. Not a bit, the first assured him. Well, because I've got all yellow and ugly. Now it's, it's got a bit different for me. Oh, give over, the second contradicted. No eyes, the first repeated emphatically. It's true. That's what I'm telling you. You're lovely as you were on the very first day. Might be a few yellow stripes here and there, but not so they notice. But you, they just make you look all the lovelier. Honest. Oh, thank you. The second leaf whispered, feeling quite touched. I'm not sure I believe you. Well, not everything, but not well. Not everything, but thank you for it. You're good to me. You always have been. It's not. If only now I started to understand how good you have always been to me, I'll stop it now," said the first, and became silent. Himself, he could not talk any more because he was upset. Now they were both silent. The hours passed. A dim, damp wind blew cold and hostile through the treetops. "Oh, now," said the second leaf. "I." His voice broke off. He was gently removed from his place and fluttered down to the earth. Winter had come. Chapter 10. Bambi noticed that the world had changed. It was hard for him to get by in this altered world. They'd been all, they had all been living like rich people, and now they began to find themselves in poverty. A wealth was all that Bambi had ever known. He took it as a matter of course, to be be surrounded by the greatest access and lo- finest luxuries on all sides. He have no worry about finding food or sleeping in a beautiful room home, green that no one could see into and to walk about in a majestically smooth, glossy red coat. Everything was different now. He had not really noticed it, not properly. The change which had taken place had been, for him, just a sequence of short-lived appearances. He found it entertaining when milky-white veils of mist drew the morning dampness up from the meadow, or when they would suddenly sink down from the twilight sky. It was so beautiful they dissipated, in the moon sunlight, he saw the f- he liked the frost too, which surprised him. He saw the ground of the meadow strewn with white. He spent much time luxurating in the sound of his grown-up relatives, the stags, as they shouted. A whole forest would rumble from the voices of these kings. Bambi would listen and be very afraid. But his heart would thump in admiration whenever he heard the thunder's call. He thought about the crowns worn by these kings. So big as with so many branches, like a majestic oak, you would think their voices were just as powerful as their crowns. Their imperious commands rolled out in the deepest tones, the monstrous groans, and all blood the as it rushed around their bodies and seethed. the ancient power, yearning, haughtiness, and pride. Whenever he Bambi heard these voices, he felt overwhelmed by them, but he was proud to have such distinguished relatives. At the same time, he felt a peculiar, incited irritation at uh, their being so unapproachable that hurt him, that him. Although he did not know exactly why or how, or even how, he could come any closer to, to knowing. As only then, when the king's time for lovemaking was over and their thunderous cries went silent, a started praying, started paying attention to other things once more. When he walked through the woods by night, or lay in his room by day, he heard the whisperings of leaves as they fell down from the trees, a rustling sounds as they trickled down from the air from every treetop. Every twig were incessant. A gentle, slippery light of the moon ran continuously down to the earth. It was wonderful to wake up to it. It was delicious to go to sleep with this mysterious, sad whispering. The leaves at that time lay deep loose in the ground. When you walked through them They crackled loudly They rustled quietly It was fun to have to push them aside With each step Because their layers were so deep It made a shhh noise That was very fine Very light and silvery This was also very useful As during these times With no need to make great effort With listening and smelling Everything could be heard From a long way off The rustled With the slightest movement It cried out shh. Who could possibly sneak up on you? No one. But then came the rain. From early morning to late in the evening, it poured down. It struck and splattered from late in the evening. And all through the night, till black to the morning. eased off a little while when then began. Again with a new strength. The air seemed full of cold water. The whole well seemed full of it. Your mouth was filled with water. If you only tried to gather a few blades of grass. If you pulled at a br- brush, you would. The water would gush down to your eyes and up your nose. Knees and the ground no longer rustled. They lay there soft and heavy, pressed down by the rain and made no sound at all. Bambi, for the first time, learned how vexing it was to have water streaming down on you all through the day and all through the night and to be soaked to the skin. He was still not very cold. He yearned for warmth and he thought it was miserable to have to move about while. Soaked through and through, and but then the stormy weather came down from the north. When he learned it really what it really means to be cold. It was little help to cuddle up close to his mother. First of course he liked it very much to lie there, be nice and warm, at least on one side. The stormy winds raged all through the night and all through the day, and all through the forest. To be driven by incomprehensible icy, cold, furry, and insane rage. They wanted to tear all the trees up by the roots, carry them away, to dis- or destroy them some other way. Trees roared as they put up powerful resistance. They fought bravely against this immense attack. You could hear their long-drawn-out groans and sighs of their creaking. there was a loud bang, then one of their mighty barrows split. The angry crack when... Here and there, the trunk of a tree would break, the cry of pain from all its wounds, bodies overpowered, split, and killed. Then it became impossible to hear anything once, anything more, as the storm fell into the forest with even greater violence. It roars, drowned out any other voice. But Amy now understood what, that a period of need and poverty had begun. He saw how much the rain and storms had changed the world. And no there was now no leaves or any of the trees or on any of the trees or bushes. They stood there robbed of all they had, their whole body was naked, It could be clearly seen They looked pitiful. They stretched their naked brown arms up to the sky. The grass in the meadow was limp and dark brown, and so short it seemed to have burnt the ground. The in place where Bambi and his mother slept seemed pitiful and bare now. Since its green walls had disappeared it offered no privacy. Wind blew in from every side. One day, a young magpie flew over the meadow. Something white and cold fell into her eye. Then another. Then another laid a light veil over sight. Yet all soft, dazzling white flakes were dancing all round her. The magpie flapped, flapped her wings and nearly stopped. But then directed herself upward and went higher into the sky. In the sky, in vain, the soft, cold flakes there again and again they fell into her. And into her eyes, once again she directed herself upward, and rose even louder, higher. You yeah, don't don't just don't bother love, cried the crow called the crow, above her, who was flying in the same direction. Just give up. You can't fly high enough to get out of those flakes. That's snow, isn't it? Snow? said the magpie, in their amazement as she struggled against each flurry that came at her. Well yeah said the crow. Wind is here. That's snow, that is. Forgive me, answered the crooked magpie. I only left the nest in May. I don't know what winter's like. Yeah, there's a lot of that, the crows hoved. You'll soon find out, though. Well, is this that what is that?
2: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? First ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living, available to buy now wherever books are sold.
1: Snow he is for the my point. I like to sit down for a little while. She went down and sat on a twig on a little tree and shook herself. The crow flew lazy on. First Bambi was pleased to see the snow, the air was still mild and white stars floated in the sky, everything in the world looked entirely new and become lighter, even gayer, thought Bambi, and for three years when the sun came out everything lit up, light covering sparkled and shone with such power, it was quite dazzling. But Bambi soon stopped being pleased about the snow, as it was coming hard, and harder to find food. You had to scrape and snow the snow inside and look, took a look up it took that took a lot of effort before a small patch of limp grass was exposed. The snow cut into your legs too, so you had to be careful not to get your feet injured. Gober already had done. But of course that was what Gober was like. He was never able to duel very much. He caused his mother a lot of worry. They were together now for almost all the time, and they also had more company than previously. And Edna would often call up, call by with her children. But Lorena, a girl who was nearly grown up, also began to mix in their circle. But it was probably old Mrs. Nepoli who became up by the chat most often. She was quite alone had an opinion about everything. Now nah, she said, "I want you to have nothing more to do, children. That's a pleasure that I've really had enough of." and Fairlane, would always say. What no. that, that what why that no. that then when it's no. for pleasure and Mrs. Nettleton would pretend to be cross and say it's a bad sort of regar. I've had enough of it. Everyone enjoying chatting very much. They sat next to each other and talked. The children never had to listen, had to listen to so as much had so much. The children had never had so much to listen to. Even one or two of the princes came and kept company with them. At first it felt a little awkward, especially the children were still somewhat shy with them. That passed quite quickly, when it was a pleasant atmosphere. Bambi admired Prince Rolano, who was an impressive gentleman. He felt a trem- tremendous love for the young, beautiful Clarets. Carat- Carat- they had cast off their crowns, and Bambi could often stare at a two-round slate-gray disc on their heads. A glamour, splendour, and in many tender points could be seen. Catarus seemed very elegant and distinguished. It was immensely exciting when one of the princes would tell him about what had happened to him. On Rono's left foreleg there was a big bump, which has now over, outgrown the fur. He ask, often asked, Have you ever noticed how I limp on this leg? Everyone's prompt to assure him that no one had ever noticed any limp at all. That was what Rono wanted to hear. It really was true to say. It was barely noticeable. Yes, he would continue. I escaped from everything very dangerous. Very from. I escaped from something very dangerous that day. So Bruno would go on the account. Have you been taken by surprise by him and hurled him, at, hurled fire at him? He was not. He was only hit there on the leg. It hurt so much he could ma- drive you mad. But it was only here on his leg that he had been hit. Hit near enough to drive him crazy, no wonder. A bone had been shattered. O'Reilly did not panic. You know he got up and went on just three legs. He kept going despite the pain. He was well aware that he was being chased. He ran and ran until night fell. He himself allowed himself some rest. The following morning he moved on again until he felt he was in safety. Then he groomed himself hidden and alone and waited for the wound to close up. When he came out of his place of safety. He was a hero, he a limp that was barely noticeable. Now when he was all together in one place, so often for so long, when so many stories were told, Bambi heard more about him than he ever had before. He told about how horrible he was to look at. Bambi could bear looking into his pale face. This was something that Bambi already knew from his own experience. He would even talk about the smell of him that spread all around, and here too, Bambi would have been able to contribute to the discussion if he had not been too well brought up to join in conversations with grown ups. He said the scent, the scent was of a rather puzzling sort, always changing but instantly recognizable. It is always remarkably stimulating undeniable, mysterious, but in itself rather disgusting. They talked about him only needed two legs to walk on, about the wonderful strength of both his hands. Some of them did not exactly know what hands were, but Miss Nettler explained it to them. I don't see anything surprising about it. This girl can do anything you just mentioned, and does it just the way he wants to. Every little mouse can do the same. You point to the head disrespectfully away from them. "'Oh!' the others exclaimed, and he made her understand. "'It's far from being the same thing. "'But Mr Nedley was not to be intimidated. "'What about the falcon? she declared. "'What about the buzzard and the owl? "'They've only got two legs, and when they want to make takes hold of something, "'if you call it, they can stand on one leg and hold it with another. "'That's a lot harder to do, I'm sure. "'He can't do it, Miss Nedley.' was not in any way inclined to admire anything about him. She hated him with all her heart. He's disgusting, she said. And Nothing would change her mind. There was nobody who contradicted her, as there was nobody who found him very, very lovable. The matter became even more confusing. They talked about it, saying he had a third hand, not just two hands, but a third hand as well. His Lady reply was cut. It's just an old wives' tale, she concluded. I didn't believe it. A joined in. So what? He asked. And what do you think it was? He used to to shatter my leg. Just tell me what you, that were you? Miss leg gave a grip, grip, report, talked. It's it's your affair, my dear love. He's never shattered anything of mine. I then never said, I've seen lots of different things in my life. I think there must be something in it. If he insists, he's got a third hand. Young Kraus observed politely. I can only agree with you La The Crow is a friend of mine. He stopped in embarrassment for a short while and looked at all the people. There, there as he was afraid of being laughed at. But when he saw the all listening to him and giving him all the attention, he continued, The Crow is exceptionally talented. I can't deny that. He's astonishingly talented. You told me that he really does have free hands. Not all the time. just at a third hand, the Crow told me. Cause that's a nasty one it doesn't grow it doesn't grow out of him like the other two he carries it hanging in his shoulder the crow says he she could always tell when he or the kind is of dangerous or not if he's going coming if you long coming along without that fat hand then he isn't dangerous miss henley laughed it's clear yours it's just stupid colorless take it from me my love if she was as clever as she thinks she is, she you know that he's always dangerous, always. Well, is there something to say, too? There are, some of them, who oh, are not dangerous at all, Bambi's mother thought. You can see it straight away. So what? asked Mrs. Asked Nettler. Do you just stand there till they come up? Do you and say hello to them? Bambi's mother answered softly, Of course I just don't stand there. I run away. And Feline burst out with, you should always run away, everybody laughed. They began to talk about this third hand, and they did so they it became more serious, and a sense of horror came among them. Whatever it was, a, a third hand or something different, it was something terrible, something they could not understand. Most knew about it from when what they had been told by the others, but some of them then had seen it with their own eyes. He would stand there a long way off without moving, you no know way of explaining what he or the, how he ha- how he happened, but it would suddenly be a bang like thunder, fire sprayed out, and then even at a distance from him, he you would collapse with your breast torn open, and he would die. Or they all lowered their heads, or she told them, this is, as if they were pressed down by some dark force, had some inexplicable power over them. It isn't eagerly to the many different accounts of seeing him. Every story was full of horror, full of blood and suffering. They took all this, this in, and still wanted to hear more Was, were being said, stories that must have been made up, all the fairy tales and legends that they heard from their grandfathers and great-grandfathers. They listened, they unconsciously learned, while still afraid, about how to make peace with this dark world, or at least to run away from it. What does that mean? asked young Crallus, quite dispirited. dispirited. He can go far away and still knock you down. Don't you oh, don't you oh, don't you club a crow explain that to you? Don't you club crow explain that to you? said Mrs Venetala. No, said Krause with a smile. She always says she's often seen it, but no one knows how to explain it. Well he can knock off down the crows down with a tree he feels like it, as over knows. home. He knocks at peasants away from the sky, Aunt Nedo added. Bambi's mother said. He throws his hand out there. That's what my granddaughter's t- mother told me. Does he really? Mr Nettler asked. And what is it that makes all that horrible, tremendous, thunderous noise then? When his hand tears itself away from his body, Bambi's mother explained, there's a flash of fire that makes a bang like thunder. No that inside us all. He, he is just fire. Excuse me, said "Ronno." This is some truth in saying he's nothing but fire on the side. It's wrong to say it's his hand. He uses a straight form, form of a hand. Could cause injuries like that. You can see it for yourself. It's much more likely to be a tooth. It carried throws at us. Think about it, It will explain a lot. So you die because he bites you. Young Cattrus breathed a sigh Well he never stopped chasing us down. The marina Amerina spoke. The girl, now nearly adult. That means that one day you'll come and join us, be as gentle as we are. You'll play games with us. Everyone in the will be happy. We'll make peace together. Miss Nettle, shrieked with laughter. Is it possible if he just stays where he is and leaves us alone? You shouldn't say things like that, Aunt oh, uh, Edna admonished her. And why not then? retorted Miss Natalie as she became more heated. There's nothing really. There's nothing. It knows something not that's really not something I could imagine. Make peace of him. Been murdering us for long, been able to think. Our sisters, our mothers and our brothers, but with all the time he's been in his world, he never leaves us in peace. He kills us whenever he sees us. And you want to make peace of him? That's just so stupid. Marine looked at everyone with her gently sparkling eyes wide open. There's nothing stupid about making peace, he said. We've got to make peace. I ain't going to get